Hello. Welcome to another episode of Roushing the Judgment. This one's pretty straightforward. It's about me being an atheist, uh, the story of how that happened. When I was only six years old, in first grade, Oak Park Elementary in San Diego. And um, much like how uh, God made the Big Bang, it started with a fart. Uh, no, but they, on, on a side note, I, I, I used to think maybe like if God created the universe, but there's the Big Bang, then the Big Bang was like God having like a really spicy fart. Um, I think Family Guy made that joke, so I guess not super original. But maybe I thought of it before Family Guy because I was a little kid. But anyway, uh, yeah, I am an atheist, um, have been since first grade, you know, means that you don't believe in God. Uh, for me, it just means I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think there could be any kind of God in the, um, you know, Judeo-Christian sense. You know, I and I kind of get into this in my first novel, like Teach Me How to Die. But I think if there was any kind of God, it would just be like, it would just be able to see things, but it wouldn't have any like physical power over anything. And it wouldn't have been responsible for the creation of the universe, the world, or man, or anything like that. Um, so anyway, yeah, uh, all started with a fart when I was in first grade. Um, I uh, was just sitting in class and I ripped one and then the kid next to me was like, Joseph, don't do that. And I was like, I was kind of a little shit back then, which I guess if you're a little shit as a kid, you grow up into a smart ass as an adult, which I definitely was slash maybe still am. Um, but anyway, yeah, you know, I was, I mean, I was like a nice kid overall, like super nice, uh, very like generous, like sharing my toys and everything, but I could be kind of a smart ass too. We had like the green card, red card, um, blue card. I don't know why blue was like, uh, I feel like that's not like a color that really reflects anything bad, but it, it was, it was green, which means like you have been very good for the day. Yellow, which is a warning, which means you did at least one little thing that annoyed the teacher or like made the teacher feel uneasy. And then blue mean meant, um, you had to stay in for recess. No recess for you. I only got a blue card once. And then a red card meant uh, like, you know, you're like getting sent home or like the, you know, the principal's getting called or the vice principal or like red card is serious. Um, so I would get a yellow card a lot. 
I remember I'd be so happy when I could bring a green uh, card home to show my parents. Be like, hey, I didn't annoy the teacher today. Um, so anyway, yeah, like just to give some context to that. So I farted and the kid next to me did not appreciate that because it was an audible fart. So he heard it and he's like, yeah, you shouldn't do that, Joseph. And I was like, well, why not? And he said, because God will get mad. And I hadn't heard that word before. God, like my parents, um, I really was a blank slate in terms of religion because they just didn't raise me in that way, one way or another. Like we didn't go to church, synagogue, mosque, you know, Buddhist temple, whatever, like none of that. They weren't anti-religion either. Like they, we just didn't talk about it and it just wasn't a thing. Both my parents are secular, you know, they don't go so far as to identify as like atheist, but my mom, you know, despite having like a Maronite Christian background from being Lebanese, um, she was just secular. And then my dad is Ashkenazi, um, you know, or you, you could just call that Jewish, which a lot of people do, uh, but just ethnically so. Like my, my grandma Helen actually was fiercely anti-religious. Um, I forget why. But uh, anyway, so it wasn't that they, I mean, and my, I don't think my grandma like influenced me that way, but um, yeah, I hadn't even heard of God or like maybe I wasn't paying attention when that word had come up. So I farted and the kid's like, oh, God's going to get mad at you. And I thought maybe God was like a person, like a hall monitor or something, or like a security guard at the school or Someone, right? Like a, a god, you know, maybe think like Rod, Todd. Maybe that's just someone's name. And I was like, oh, like, he'll, he'll get mad at me? Like, where, where is he? And then the kid's like, what? What do you mean? Like, God is not like a, you know, he's not like a person around here. He's this being up in the sky and he watches everything and sees everything and hears everything. And he doesn't like it when you fart. And, um, you know, it's funny because like this kid, you know, probably he like farted at home or something and his, his, uh, one of his parents or both of them said something like that. And he was kind of repeating it to me. Um, but I still didn't really get it. I was like, okay, like he's up in the sky and then I thought about how like hot air rises. And so I imagine maybe if this guy is up there, maybe all of the farts in the world have to pass by his nose before they go into space. Because I imagine hot air just sort of rising like infinitely, which I guess probably not how it happens. But, you know, as a kid, right? And that's a, that's a big theme of this podcast is me having all these stupid misconceptions that I had to deal with um you know as you know i thought uh, pepperoni was a vegetable for 25 years you can go listen to the episode about that so yeah I, I was like okay if this if this guy does exist yeah i could see why he wouldn't like farts if they all had to pass by him before they went into space um but then i didn't i still didn't really get it 
and I wasn't nice about it like I should have been. So I just told the kid that was stupid. Uh, and he got upset and he fucking snitched on me to the teacher. Not cool. Not cool. Um, and then the teacher, like, I can't remember clearly enough if it was the teacher who, like, set me aside for a chat or if she, like, sent me to the principal's office. Um, but someone talked to me and was like, yeah, you can't, like, make fun of people for believing in God and this is what it is and it's a serious thing and it's important to a lot of people. And I was like, okay, that, that's fine. Like, I, I won't say it's stupid. Um, and I guess for a while... I was one of one of those atheists who thought it was kind of dumb. I didn't really have a ton of respect for religion, I think, until later. Um, and I think that's important because I think some of the more well-known atheists out there who kind of give us a bad rap are like people like Bill Maher, right? Who, um, you know, I do think he's been right about some important political issues, but he is very smug in his takes, um, I certainly wouldn't want to to come across like him. Uh, so yeah, you know, like I just developed a healthier attitude about it over time. Um, but it's funny because like when I tell people I'm an atheist, which doesn't even come up very often, sometimes they assume it's because of some kind of trauma. Like what? fucked you up so badly that you don't think there's a God, you know, like, was it, did a priest diddle you or something? And they just, their mind goes to this dark place. Um, so I thought it was a funny story because it's kind of like, it doesn't have to be some dramatic thing. Like literally my atheism started with a fart and then I just started calling myself an atheist after first grade. Cause I, saw that that was the name for what you call yourself if you don't believe in God. And um, and I also just always was, like, really skeptical as a kid. Like, you're not, I'm not saying this is the same as God, but just to show you the kind of mindset I had. Like, I didn't believe in the tooth fairy, not even for a second. I knew it was my parents. Didn't believe in Santa Claus. I shouldn't have done this, but I was I was the kid who went around telling other kids that Santa Claus was their parents. Um, I thought I was doing them a favor, but uh, some of them were not too happy about that. I uh, didn't believe in the Easter Bunny, you know, just none of those things. Like, I always just wanted to feel like if something was real, then it had to either make logical sense to me if I hadn't seen it or if I hadn't seen evidence or um, the idea of it really had to make sense to me. So anyway, you know, and as I got older, I realized that the idea of God didn't make sense to me because this big part of the idea of God is being this uh, creator, but I felt like probably humans created the idea of God by writing it. And that's part of what is interesting uh, to it, or interesting about it to me, right? Like, I'm a writer, and to me, like, this is just my take. Again, you know, I'm not 
saying you're wrong if you feel differently. It's just my take. Um, to me, God is like one of the greatest inventions ever, right? Like I think a, gr a group of men invented this idea of God and, you know, and they did it as a way of probably trying to solve a lot of problems they had back then, right? So the reason it didn't make sense to me is because I was like, okay, if we invented it, which I'm, you know, I don't know for sure, but to me that is a logical assumption. If we invented this idea of God, then how could something we invented somehow have, have existed before us and created us, right? Like, to me, that would be kind of like saying that, like, the Apple computer created Steve Jobs, you know? Like, not that he, I mean, he was like the business person behind it, you know? He gets lots of credit, but he, he had lots of help from people like Wozniak and et cetera, but... You know what I mean, right? Like, you know, that was a big part of the logic. Um, and it's funny because, like, I think about all the different parts of my identity, like being half Arab, um, being half white, generally passing as white, being, you know, a man, cisgender man, um, being a leftist, a, a dirtbag leftist, a dumb-dumb leftist, you know, that side of the, the online left. Um, you know, an author, all those things. I feel like an atheist, like, that part of my background has probably had the least impact on how other people have treated me. Like, it's very, very rarely been a factor in how other people have treated me. On the other hand, like, you know, my gender, like, people just see that, right? Or, you know, when I'm at the airport sometimes, it's pretty clear that they can smell the, the Arab on me. Um, you know, and... Um, yeah, but being an atheist, like, the, the only time it ever affected me at all is when I was a teenager... And I was trying to make money playing piano. So I played piano pretty well. Well, like on an amateur level. Like I was maybe kind of on that cusp between like amateur and like a mediocre professional, you know. Um, I mean, obviously I was good enough to the point where people would pay me money, right? Not a lot of money, but it felt like a lot to me back then, right? You know, if someone hands you like, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever it is, and you're under 18, you know, especially back in the 2000s when prices were a little lower and, you know, you're living at home, it, it feels like a lot of money, right? So I remember a lot of the gigs I had uh, would be in churches and religious communities and all kinds of places like that. And I realized that um, they were not, comfortable with me being an atheist and the, the the there was only one time when that happened and then the moment after that I just never brought it up around people like that and I would even have to pretend sometimes that I was Christian like I played a wedding that was like I forget how much money I got for it or not a it was like a wedding reception at someone's house and I remember I played the sunken cathedral by Debussy uh, because that's I mean that's a great song to play for like a wedding reception as they're doing like the little kind of 
promenade and people are walking out and, you know, right? Like, that's a great song to play. Um, and I had to convince the lady that I was Christian. And, uh, and that felt kind of icky. Like, that didn't feel good. Um, so I guess I'm glad that I don't do stuff like that anymore. But other than that, like, people don't really give a fuck. Um, I think, like, after I was 18, the next time it came up in my life was, man, like, almost, um, hmm, almost six years later when, uh, so this is six years after I was 18, I was about to turn 24, I believe. This is eight years ago when my wife and I first started dating. And my wife's Christian, as a lot of you know. Like, she's Protestant. Um, she does believe in God. It's important to her. Uh, and it was funny because we both had these lists of what we wanted in a partner. My list was this internet article that went viral and I feel is very fucking cringe. But... Um, that's a whole nother podcast episode I should do. I, I wrote this uh, article for Thought Catalog that was like, the woman I really want. And, um, oh my God, I'm like dying of embarrassment just thinking about it. But it went viral and it got like more than, fi anyway, that's, it, I'll just say it got more than like 50,000 views in like a week or something like that. Like crazy numbers. Um but that's, a, that's, another, that's another podcast episode for another time. Uh, so anyway, I had my list. I had my cheesy list. And she had her list, which was like not so cheesy. It wasn't a fucking internet article. But she literally had this list. I don't know if she still has it. But it's like this paper and pencil list of demands she wanted. And I checked every single thing she wanted. You know, like especially like we both bonded over being... Uh, you know, biracial and having lived abroad and having just like similar values and both having gone into, you know, all that stuff, right? And the one thing I didn't check off was believing in God. So I remember feeling nervous, like, oh shit, like is, you know, I hope that's okay. But I think by then, like, she already knew I was a good guy and we were like falling for each other. And, and also she said like, you know, that's okay. Like, I know I'm, I'm happy to get as much as I'm getting. Like, I don't expect to get every single thing on my list. Um, so it's really never been a problem for us. You know, I think sometimes people expect it's a problem and, you know, you read stories sometimes about intra religious marriages where it's a conflict um, Equus, ironically, is one story I can think of where I think the dad is an atheist and the mom is very religious and it causes problems for their kid. But it's just really never been a problem for us. And I've gone to church with her um, and I've hung out with like her church people and they're really nice. Um, they prayed for me one time because they asked me how I was doing and I was just honest with them. I was like, I'm going through yet another crisis with my health and it sucks and I'm not sure what to do. Um, 
so that was really nice, you know, and, and, and I'll like, my wife will pray sometimes and I don't know, I don't know if you would consider it praying if I do it with her and I don't believe in God, but like, I, you know, we're all cool, right? Like it's all good. Um, I even did a pre-marriage class with her through the church not because we felt like we needed it, like we were doing fine, but it was just something that her church recommended. I did not mention my atheism in that class because I didn't want it to like be a distraction. I think they would have been cool with it. Like, I don't think they would have, I think they would have just been like, oh, that's interesting. But I didn't want it to be a distraction, you know, like they're trying to learn and get ready for their marriages. I don't, I don't think that's something they should be concerned with um but that was really nice like it was a good class I think it helped us um maybe I'll do a separate episode on that because there were some things in my class I didn't in that class they suggested that I didn't really agree with like there was one couple it was it was a few different couples who um uh lectured to us and hosted these small groups and one of them was like yeah we only have a joint bank account and that's it. We just put everything in that one joint bank account. We don't have individual bank accounts. And we're all just accountable for it. And I was like, I don't want to do that. And Margarita didn't want to do that either. Um, we have, I think, I mean, money is probably one of our weaker points as a couple, but we're working on it. Um, anyway, yeah, it's always been fine. And... Um, in terms of kids, I really just want them to have the kind of upbringing I did where they're educated and exposed to different ideas, but they can always make the choice themselves. You know, like my parents were never like, you have to be an atheist or you have to, you know, pick this religion or that religion. I had complete freedom. I was a blank slate. Um, so basically the, the deal my wife and I have come to is that, you know, she can take the kids to church if she wants and I'm happy to go with them. Like I'll go maybe not every time, depending on how early that shit is, you know, if I want to sleep in, but I will definitely go, uh, you know, half the time or more and I'll, I'll go with the kids and, um, yeah. Uh, and then, you know, if they like it, and I feel like they are taking away good lessons from it and they're growing into good people, which is all I want for my kids. I don't really care like what they do specifically as long as they're being kind and like having a net positive impact on the people in their lives. Um, yeah, then I'm fine with it. And I don't really care if they end up identifying as Protestant or Christian or... I don't even have a preference for them to become an atheist like me. And I think that's a healthy attitude to have because, yeah, like there definitely are some atheists out there like Bill Maher who are kind of smug about it and think that being an atheist makes you smarter than religious people. And I really don't think that. Like I don't see myself as smarter than average people in any kind of way, really, um, including about my atheism. I don't see myself as more moral than other people. And part of why I do that is because, you know, if you're an atheist, like, you don't want to do the bad things 
that other people tend to do to atheists, right? Like there are a lot of people in the world who assume atheists are immoral, that we're going to hell, that we're smug and we, we think we're so smart and they make all these assumptions and, you know, I just am more humble about it naturally, but also like I don't want to play into a negative stereotype. Like even if I, you know, that's like a secondary motivation, but yeah, I definitely don't like want I don't want to contribute to the problem of people thinking that that's just how all atheists are. Because I don't think it's true. Like, there are some famous ones who are, like, pretty smug and, you know... I, I think it's fine to have criticisms of religion and disagreements, but to just go around saying that religious people are dumb or that religious people are inherently, like, less moral or whatever it is, like, that... I. I don't see the point in that. I don't think that's fair or true. Um, so yeah, like, it's been chill. And I think that's important to point out, this, you know, in that story, because becoming an atheist doesn't have to be this big dramatic thing. Like, I think I might have mentioned this already, but it doesn't have to come from some trauma or anything like that. It can literally come from something as silly and stupid as a fart. Um, and it can help you bond with people, you know? Like, I was close with uh, my grandma, Helen. She's on the Ashkenazi side. She's uh, was my dad's mom. Um, she passed away, I believe, in 2012. And, um, yeah, I loved her very much, and... She's the only person in my entire life who was proud of me for being an atheist. You know? Um, I don't know if she said it explicitly, but she always was pretty transparent with how she felt. Like, you could just tell from her, you know, little comments she would make or facial expressions or body language or whatever. And I guess that's part of why I miss her, you know? It's like... Not to, like, again, I haven't gotten, like, shit for my atheism. Like, it's not like people are going around, like, giving me a hard time about it. It doesn't even come up, because, like I said, it's not this visible part of your identity. But I would talk about it around the family, and I could tell that everyone either just, like, didn't care, which is fine. Like, I wasn't looking for anyone to care, but they either didn't care, or maybe it was, like, slightly uncomfortable for them, um... But my grandma, Helen, would just, like, beam with pride about it. And she just seemed so happy. And I know it's because she was, like, fiercely secular. And again, I can't remember why that is. But, yeah, I guess maybe that's one of the final points I'll make, is that I don't think being an atheist means that you can't be part of a community. You know, like, I've been parts... Uh, I've been a part of plenty of communities. They just aren't centered around religion, I was part of like the sort of music kid community in my 6th through 12 um, school, middle school, high school combo. Uh, and I guess in elementary school, I was part of the, I was one of the music kids. And I'm part of this organization called the Gentlemen of Quality, which is something I'm going to talk about on another episode. 
and I've definitely felt a sense of community in some of the jobs I've had. Um, yeah, you know, like I don't think, I don't, I'm probably never going to be part of some sort of atheism group. Like I just, I don't feel the need to be. Um, but I don't know, maybe someday. And then I guess, you know, because I always finish it off with plugs anyway, like if you're familiar with my work, you can see that it's a, a consistent, like, like ideas of God are a consistent theme in my work. Like Teach Me How to Die, the main character is an atheist, um, you know, who goes through my imagining of the afterlife. So obviously there's discussion of like God and, you know, all that stuff and, and being an atheist. Um, and then The Last of the Mentally Ill, I actually made the main character more spiritual, but it's still kind of coming from my mind and my idea of what it would be like to come into a spiritual identity. Um, and... Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to work on my third novel at some point. I'm really busy with all this business stuff now, but eventually I'm going to work on my third novel. And um, I think the main character, I don't know actually yet what his religious background will be. He's definitely not going to be religious, but I don't know if he'll be like an atheist. Um And then for my other novels, I because I already have some of those planned. I don't know if it'll really be that important there. But anyway, yeah. Um, close out this episode by saying, first of all, sorry if it wasn't my best work. This is actually a second take. I And this is a long episode too, so it was really frustrating. I thought I had recorded it successfully, but I'm, I like sold my desk and I'm waiting on the new one and like my whole setup is just kind of discombobulated. So I forgot to plug in the fucking um, Focusrite mechanism and yet that you need. Like, you need that to do the recording. So then it's like, and I realized that when I was done and just, like, started cursing and being like, oh, my God. So hopefully it still came out fine this time. You know how it is, Roush and Judgment, it's raw. It's me ranting. I'm going to be transparent with you. And I'm going to close by saying... Yeah, if you find the idea of atheism interesting, definitely get my first novel, Teach Me How to Die. Uh, my second novel, The Last of the Mentally Ill, definitely has a significant theme with that too, uh, with, with spirituality more so than atheism. And I also want to plug, again, I'm still kind of in this phase where I'm kind of just plugging businesses I appreciate um, to test that out. Uh, so this isn't like a sponsorship. They're not paying me. But I want to tell you real quick about the Morrison Center. Um, they're an integrative medicine center that I go to for my chronic health issues. And it's funny, I thought about it because the episode's about a fart. And I was like, okay, like that made me think about my gastrointestinal issues. And that made me think about the Morrison Center. So I was like, maybe on like a fun kind of like wholesome fart-based episode, I can plug the Morrison Center. I'm sure if you just look up the Morrison Center on Google, they will probably be the first result. The URL for their website is morrisonhealth.com. That's M-O-R-R-I-S-O-N, 
uh, health.com. That's their URL. It is the Morrison Center. Um, yeah, they're great. Uh, you know, it's expensive, I'm not going to lie, but I think if you really want help that you haven't been able to find from kind of your typical like hospital-based medical providers, they're just such open-minded people and it's really holistic and they have these like supplements that are really hard to find that I think have worked well for me or at least, you know, help move the needle in some way. Um, you can go, so it's it's based in Manhattan, which obviously a lot of you don't live there or don't live nearby. That's okay. They do virtual stuff. You can order their supplements online. Um, they have like nutrition consulting, just all different kinds of stuff, right? Like they're just, they're great. Um, you know, I don't know if they're going to expand someday because it's based around Dr. Morrison, right? And he's, you know, it's not like the Morrison Center, like it's super old and it's some, you know, Dr. Morrison who died a hundred years. Like he's, you know, there, like he's one of the people working there and it's named after him. Uh, so anyway, yeah, if you do end up trying something with them, just tell them Joseph Roush sent you. I'd love to see if um, even before we get into sponsor sponsorships that, this podcast can have some kind of impact in getting people into some awesome products and services and just some good stuff that has been good for me. Um, I'm going to be plugging other businesses and services, some products. I'm going to be maybe uh, plugging some friends of mine who are content people um, just to be nice, just to like do some stuff for them. So Anywho, with that, uh, remember that farting is very healthy. You should not be holding in your farts. And a fart could end up changing your life. With that, I will close out the episode. Goodbye. Adios.